Renee, mm-hmm. what are you doing for Thanksgiving this year? I'm not exactly certain yet. Mm. You know, it's not exactly a traditional year. Right. This year. Yeah. And my mom has decreed no Thanksgiving dinner at her house because I don't think she could handle the Catholic guilt, okay. which I completely respect and support, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know, from a food perspective, that's okay with me. I'm accustomed to untraditional traditions. Yeah. I, I usually am not here close by family. So that aspect, it's not like I need to have stuffing like my little sister does. Right. I'll figure something out. What I will miss is all the obvious, right? Getting together with people. I mean, maybe my mom will come over on the porch and we'll have coffee in the morning. I don't know. Yeah. What about you? Well, you know, my dad died this year, and so my mm-hmm. mom is alone, and I haven't celebrated Thanksgiving with my parents or my mom in years and years. So what the one and I are going to do is cook like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, all the different things that we like, and he'll portion out whatever he wants for himself. Like, for instance, he loves sweet potato casserole. My mother would never touch that, so he's going to make it for himself and keep it. And then early, early, early Thanksgiving morning, we're going to take up all the food, bring it to my mom's house, reheat it there, and have Thanksgiving with her. Oh, that'll be really nice. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited by that. Of course, we are going to be very safe. We're going to get our COVID test several days before. Nice. We'll get a COVID test after. But I'm just craving a real traditional Thanksgiving this year. I just really am. I want some sense of tradition and normalcy. I can understand that. I mean... We just don't have that this year. I guess I'm trying to shift my awareness to everything I do have to be grateful for. And there's so much. Very good. Adam, what about you? What are you doing for Thanksgiving? You know, I was just talking about this over the weekend with my wife Mm. and and her folks, because usually we we meet up with my in-laws. Oh, that's nice. And we go to their place and there's a big stroll outside with shops and cider and parades. And then we do Santa. And, you know, there's someone on that side of the family who's in her early 90s and is super amazing. So we always love to see her. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's like a lot of people, we're not going to be able to do all those things. So it's probably going to be a lot more low key. Although I'm sure we'll hop on Zoom and, you know, still be able to laugh and see some people at some point. Nice. Well, that's good. Well, obviously this year is different and we've gotten a lot of questions from readers and also listeners on how to navigate this year's holiday because it is really a family and friends holiday. So welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of Questions, Qualms, and Quagmires or what we like to call around here, Q-Cubed. You get that, Renee? Q-Cubed, cubed. I got that. Thank you, David. Very clever. Thank you. I'm Renee Shetler, Editor-in-Chief of the website Leeds Culinaria. And I'm David Leet, its founder, and this is Talking With My Mouthful, a podcast devoted to all things food, the people who make it, and the stories that make the people. Adam, what's the first question? Okay, Renee and David, here is our first question. It comes from Shauna, and it's about pumpkin. Hi, David and Renee. My name is Shauna, and I was wondering if you two could address the question of whether fresh or canned pumpkin makes a more flavorful pie. Really enjoying the podcast. Thanks so much. Well, that's nice that she likes the podcast. So Renee, what do you prefer? Do you like canned or fresh pumpkin? Well, I think a lot of it depends on the recipe itself. Yes, it does. Yes. But keeping that in mind, I absolutely prefer fresh Mm -hmm. pumpkin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think if you're going to do pumpkin pie, do pumpkin pie. There's a lot of kind of vagaries involved with that. 
Yes. Right? The specific ripeness of the pumpkin, how watery it the is. The water content, exactly. All yeah. these different things. I mean, we've talked about this before. Yeah. So yeah. it's a little tricky. So if you're making your first pumpkin pie, I would not rely on fresh. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I not. fully understand that canned offers a lot more convenience yeah. and consistency. That's the big thing for me is consistency. I don't make my pumpkin pies or pumpkin desserts using fresh pumpkin. First of all, it's harder for me to find sugar pumpkins, which are the kind mm -hmm. you really should use, and roasting it so therefore there's the right amount of moisture in it. Otherwise, your let's say your pumpkin cake or your pumpkin bread can be too soggy because it's just too wet. So I prefer to use canned pumpkin during this holiday. Shauna, I would mess around with fresh pumpkin when it's not really such an important day. Anyone out there who's rolling your eyes right now, go ahead, do your sugar pumpkin. Just make sure that when you roast it, you keep it in the oven long enough to get that really caramelized crust, yeah. the golden brown, right? All that rich flavor. That's yeah. gonna exponentially improve the pie. What else do we have, Adam? Yeah, so next question, missing my family writes, mm. it's just going to be me and my husband this year. Any suggestions uh -huh. on how we can have small but traditional Thanksgiving? Mm. Yeah, that's, I think, going to be happening a lot this year. Well, what comes to mind for me is if you are a white meat lover, buy a turkey breast and just continue with that as if you would your regular turkey. Or if you like dark meat, you can buy a couple of turkey legs and then roast them. So therefore you are getting your main course. And then as far as the side dishes, I would just cut them in half. And for dessert, for instance, let's say you love pumpkin pie or you love pecan pie, you can get six inch, even four inch pie plates. So therefore you can mm -hmm. have an individual serving or just cut it in half and share. So therefore you can have all those great flavors, but you're not having to have all those leftovers. And if you can't find the packaged turkey legs at the mm -hmm. store, go ahead and ask to speak with someone behind the counter. Because if they don't have them out, chances are they'll be willing to cut up a turkey for you. Especially this year. Especially. Also, you could do Cornish game hens. Great idea. Then you get like a little wee turkey experience. Mm -hmm. Now, we do have a Cornish game hens recipe on the site. They are a little bit tricky because there's not so much meat on them. They tend yeah. to dry out quite a lot. Yeah. I once spent days of my life trying to perfect <laughs> a Cornish hen recipe. Did you really? <laughs> when I worked at the Washington Post, I was on deadline and like two days before deadline, I walked in my editor's office and I was like, I don't think I can get them to be not dried out. And she got really pale because this was like our big Thanksgiving feature, right? Right, yeah. She looked at me and she paused <laughs> <laughs> and she very calmly said, you have to make it work. There you go. And so here's the trick. When you roast them, make sure that you roast them on a wire rack in your roasting pan. And you need to put some sort of liquid in the bottom of the roasting pan so that it kind of humidifies the oven. So it can be anything. It can be water. It can be wine. It can be broth. It could be... Juice. Cranberry juice, right? For all I care. Apple juice would be really nice. Yeah, that's nice. So yeah, Cornish game hens. Adam, who's up next? Well, next, Tanya from South Carolina writes, I'm hearing flour is going to be scarce again. Mm. Oh man, I hope not. Yeah. What kind of desserts can I make that don't ask for flour? Tanya, actually, I wrote a post recently about the impending flour shortage or the second flour shortage. And a lot of producers and food manufacturers are working overtime trying to make sure that doesn't happen. And it may, but if it does, Renee came up with a wonderful post 
about the kind of desserts you can make that don't call for flour. So Renee, what were some of those recipes in there? Well, the beautiful thing about these recipes is they just naturally don't call yeah. for flour. You're not yeah. jumping through any hoops. There are no yeah. hijinks. It's stuff like creme brulee, mm-hmm. right? Pumpkin pot de creme. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, exquisitely nuanced wine poached pears. Flourless chocolate cakes. Flourless chocolate cakes. Everyone loves chocolate, even at Thanksgiving. Right. Tradition may have to fly out the window. That's okay. This year's going to be memorable in a lot of ways. A lot of ways. Well, the beautiful thing about pumpkin pie or pumpkin cheesecake, as I prefer, is they don't call for flour. All you mm. need is a graham cracker crust. Yeah, very good point. Yes, that's true. And graham crackers are not in short supply, at least not yet. So you can really have your tradition. All right. So our next question comes from Burke G, who says, mm-hmm. recipes always say to check the thickest part of the thigh, mm-hmm. but I don't know exactly how to find that. Can you help? David, that's your area of expertise. That, absolutely. And I will give full credit to the man who taught me this. It was the repairman for our oven. Well, that makes sense because you're not exactly a thigh man. No, I'm not a thigh man. I'm a different kind of man, but not a thigh <laughs> man. And what he told me was, what you want to do is you want to get your instant read thermometer and stick it in the thigh, which most people know what the thigh is. It's just on the other end of the drumstick. And you want to poke around a little bit till you find the coldest spot. And that's the deepest part or the thickest part of the thigh. Take the temperature there and then check back. If it's not where it needs to be, which is 165 degrees, check back in a little bit and try and find the coldest spot. And once you find the coldest spot is 165 you're perfect to go. Even if the legs aren't wiggling the way you think it's supposed to, the temperature is the best way to check. So brilliant. Yeah, I know. The great thing about this is you can learn from anyone, anywhere. And I'm so grateful to that man. I forgot his name because I have never failed after that. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We're always students. What's next, Adam? All right, so this next question is another call-in question from Anna, and she's interested to know about wine. Oh, thank you, Anna. Anything about wine is welcome. Hi, David and Renee. This is Anna. Hope all is well. Uh, I was just curious what your favorite wine is to serve um, with your holiday turkey. Thanks. Hmm. Okay, well, there are kind of two different questions she needs to be asking here because there's what's our favorite wine. Right, which we both One thing that same. you and I... Exactly. We actually agree on it. Yes, we do. And what would we recommend? So David, elucidate us on your choice of beverage. For me, anything with bubbles is my choice. I absolutely love champagne or cava or Prosecco. That's what I like. I just love the celebratory aspect and feel that brings to a meal. And it pairs perfectly with turkey. It really does. The lightness, the effervescence, it really kind of counters the richness of Mm -hmm. the meal. So uh, if you ask us, champagne, right? Yeah, absolutely. But what would you recommend for those people who aren't drinking champagne? Okay. I'm going to draw upon the expertise of Josh Wesson. Mm. He's one of my favorite wine guys. And in fact, we just had him on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It was the repeat that we had, the Thanksgiving repeat. Exactly. From so many years ago that we loved his advice so much, we had to share it again. Josh suggest we not try to find the perfect wine pairing because the Thanksgiving dinner, I believe he said was a minefield, right? You've got so many different flavors and textures and things going on, not to mention people at the table with their different preferences. Yeah. So what he suggests instead is just kind of play it cool. Go with a wine that you like, 
that's not too overwhelming in any one aspect or another, not too spicy, not too oaky. Don't get hung up on a varietal, but if you want some suggestions, Sauvignon Blanc or a dry, not too sweet Riesling, you really can't go wrong. They're light and crisp and they really cut through a lot of the richness on the table that day. Mm-hmm. And if you prefer something red, well then go for a not too robust Syrah or Pinot Noir would be really nice. Mm-hmm. What about a Merlot? You could do Merlot or a Zinfandel might be a little nicer, mm. a little bit more fruit forward, yeah. a little bit more depth. Well, those are good choices. Okay, Adam, who's next? All right, our next question comes from Alberta, Canada, and this is from Zadie. And she writes, we had our Thanksgiving last month, but I'm thinking of serving turkey for Christmas. Huh? I don't have a roasting pan. Could I use one of those foil ones? <laughs> no. It depends on how much drama you want in your yeah. kitchen that day. Foil roasting pans are a mistake. Renee actually has a great idea, so I'll pass it on to her. But I say no. I say do what you need to do. But if you're going to do foil, you absolutely want to buy at least two and preferably three foil pans. And you stack them one inside the other to at least make it a little sturdier, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're really flimsy and it's so easy to puncture them. Even if you just slide the pan on the oven rack, trust me, they can catch, they can tear. It's not pretty. And then I would even go one step further and place those triple-layered foil roasting pans on a rimmed baking sheet just to give a little bit more, what's the word? Structure. Structure. And support. Yeah. We all need a little of that. That's a great answer. I try. (laughs) All right. So next up, Sarah P. has a question about gravy. Mm. And she writes, mine is always lumpy. How can I fix that? (laughs) Lumpy gravy. David, that sounds like a question for you. (laughs) Lumpy gravy, yes. I'm the lumpy gravy man. I think one of the problems is when people dump in the flour and they start to whisk, it gets lumpy because it's all being thrown in at once. One of the things I do is take the flour and take some liquid and stir it so I make a little bit of a slurry. And what I do from there is I just pour it back into the pan and it's lumpless. And then I can crank up the heat, start whisking, and it gets nice and thick. Now, what you can do if you don't want to do that, an easy fix is simply just strain it. Mm, That's a good idea. Yeah. That's not a problem. That's what I do with lemon or orange curd. I just will strain it to get some of those white things out. I'm not going to go. You're not going to sit there with the tines of a fork and mash them out like I do? It's exactly what I'm not going to do. And so that's (laughs) all you have to do with that. And also just to hearken back, hearken, (laughs) how old am I? But just to hearken back to that question about flour, if you find yourself on Thanksgiving Day without flour Mm. in your kitchen, stock up on cornstarch instead. That's also a terrific thickener. It'll lend your gravy a slightly more lustrous sheen, right? It's really beautiful. Yes, silken almost. Mm Mm-hmm. You'll need a little less cornstarch than flour just because it has greater thickening potential. You would do it the same way that David explained making regular gravy, right? You make a little slurry first. Try equal parts cornstarch and water. And then just slowly, slowly whisk that in to your gravy and stop when you get the desired thickness. Simple, simple. One thing, though, I have a question for you, Renee. Do you like a light-colored gravy or a dark-colored gravy? Well... I don't know. I guess I prefer more on the side of dark. I like that robust Mm -hmm. flavor. Me too. As long as it doesn't taste like roasted bones. Right. I actually like to make my turkey gravy ahead of time. Ahead of time? Mm Mm-hmm. How do you get the pan drippings? You take turkey wings 
and vegetables and you toss them in a pan, a little bit of olive oil, put them in the oven, roast them to the really nice and dark. And you're mm-hmm. going to get some natural juices coming out there, some caramelization from the vegetables. Mm-hmm. And then you take that out and you make gravy just like you would if you had a whole turkey. The great thing about it is you're not stuck at the last minute whisking gravy while all of your guests, well, maybe not this year, but your guests are watching you and you get lumpy gravy because you're so anxious, you got to get it done quickly. I love that, right? It's like Thanksgiving just feels like the 440 hurdles. Oh my God, right? it sure does sometimes, yeah. yeah. Okay, what do we have next, Adam? Okay, next we have Susan with a very common complaint. Mm-hmm. And she asks, I always think I have enough time on Thanksgiving to cook. <laughs> and in the end, I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? By the time I sit down, I'm fed up, exhausted, and not in a thankful mood at all. Yeah. What can I do different this year? Well, that's perfect segue, partly what we were talking about. I think a lot of people don't realize you can make so many things in Thanksgiving ahead of time. What do you make besides the gravy ahead of time, David? I will make my mashed potatoes ahead of time. Ah, the Julia Child trick. Yep, I do that. If I'm having my pumpkin cake with maple cream cheese frosting as a dessert, I will make the Everyone, that was a little teaser for you (laughs) to go to the website to his recipe. I will make the cake ahead of time and freeze it. I'll make the frosting and I'll put it in the refrigerator and then I'll assemble it that morning or the night before. If I'm making a pie, I'll make the dough ahead of time, put that in the refrigerator. And then what I'll do for some of the other dishes, any of the dry ingredients, I'll take a sheet pan and I'll put all the dry ingredients for, let's say one side dish there. If there's another side dish Mm -hmm. that has some dry ingredients, I'll put the mise en place or all the ingredients there. And then I pull things out. I pre-chop things. If I'm making mm-hmm. a green bean casserole, I make sure the beans are trimmed and cut, cleaned and all set. Carrots, I make sure they're peeled and clean. They're all put in there so they just come out and go right into the oven or go right into the pan or the skillet or whatever it is. And it's so much easier. I'll even make my dressing ahead of time. And I'm not talking about stuffing because stuffing mm-hmm. goes in the bird, dressing is on the side. And I'll make that ahead of time because those flavors mingle and they mix and they're wonderful and Really, I have nothing left to do except the bird and maybe one vegetable or two vegetable side dishes. Mm-hmm. So what about you? Do you do a lot of things ahead of time? But no, you don't even, you don't really do Thanksgiving traditionally. Well, I don't do Thanksgiving in my kitchen mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving. That's because for so many years, I did it dozens and dozens of times <laughs> right. throughout the year in the right. middle of summer without air conditioning <laughs> testing recipes for everyone yeah. else to have on their Thanksgiving table. <laughs> yes, I understand. Um, I think that cranberry relish is another thing that I make oh, ahead of time. Great. Cooked, simmered till the little berries burst. Or mm-hmm. I like to just throw cranberries, sugar, and an orange in a food processor or blender. That's nice. And raw, no cooking. But whichever way you make it, like your dressing, they improve with time yeah. in the refrigerator, right? Mashed potatoes, I love the trick of making them at a time. And then to warm them up, all you do is put them in a bowl placed over but not touching simmering water, right? Is yeah. that how you do it, David? Yep, double boiler. And then stick a spoon, preferably a wooden spoon, in the bowl and put a lid on. The spoon's going to keep the lid just slightly ajar so that they don't get too hot in there. You might have to add a little extra liquid. I like to add a little extra cream and butter just so they don't get dried out. That's exactly what I do. And then for dessert, well, usually that's made ahead of time anyways, right? Exactly. We agree. I know, which is unusual. Adam, what else? Well, Renee, this next question comes from Rosemary, and it actually relates to Susan's question. So Play the tape. here we are. 
Hi, David and Renee. This is Rosemary. My question is, how do I get from scratch fresh baked rolls on the table for a holiday meal without having to actually put everything together that day? That's where the refrigerator comes in. Now, I haven't done this myself, but I do it all the time with my sourdough breads, is what you want to do is make the rolls, shape them, and then put them in the refrigerator. That's retarding the proofing. They're not going to rise because it's so much colder. It slows everything down. Make sure they're covered really well with plastic. I would even go so far as like spray the plastic and make sure the plastic is nicely greased so it doesn't stick to it. And they'll stay in there for a good 24 hours, 36 hours. And then on the day, take them out, let them rise, put them in the oven, and you're all set with fresh baked rolls and you didn't go crazy the day of. That's terrific advice. And I suggest using that with our buttery pull-apart rolls recipe on the site. Numerous recipe testers swear by that recipe every fall, and several readers have given it five stars as well. That's the one that's in the pot, right? Yeah, the Dutch oven. Mm -hmm. So what's great about that is you shape them, and then you put them in there, cover them with plastic, cover it with the lid, and you're all set. You just slide it out, bake them off that day before dinner, and then let them cool to room temp. And then while the turkey rests, slide them back in that hot oven to warm. Wrapped in foil. Wrapped in foil, not plastic wrap. (laughs) No. No, I would do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you would. And then you would call me to tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah. So, Adam, what's next? Next up is Janet from Maine. And she wants to know why Mm -hmm. her stuffing sometimes comes out dry when she pulls it out of the oven. And she wants to know what she's doing wrong. Well, a couple of things you can simply do is first, you want to make sure you're adding enough stock. Sometimes recipes say this amount to that amount. Just make sure there's enough when you start out. And if it is dry when you take it out, you can add a little bit more, drizzling it over the top. Make sure that it's warm. And you can also drizzle it with a little bit of butter. That would really refresh it. I wouldn't go in and start stirring it all up because it's going to make it very gummy. And you're going to lose that really gorgeous, crunchy texture on top top, that you get if you uncovered it for a little while during the last moments of baking. Yeah. Any more, Adam? Well, there's one more question, and this is from Lissa. Mm -hmm. So Lissa asks, I stopped eating meat this year. What can I do to have a full vegetarian meal with traditional flavors? Oh, this is your question. This is your question, Renee? (laughs) Mine. Yep. I love steak. I love turkey. You do, but you know a lot more about vegetarian cooking than I do. Okay, fair enough. So I think we want to focus on the things that are available to you. And a lot of the things on the Thanksgiving table inherently are vegetarian. The potatoes, the cranberry sauce, even the stuffing, if you can make certain that it's used with vegetarian stock. Mm-hmm. And then... That's when you get a little creative. So maybe since you have the stuffing, you roast butternut squash that's been halved or maybe cut into wedges. Maybe at the last minute, you kind of assemble them together. So you've got these gorgeous wedges of butternut squash on the plate with stuffing on top. So you still get all the nostalgia of stuffing, but you still get the satiating quality of other vegetarian foods. So you don't have to sit there with this tiny little sad pile of stuffing and cranberry relish and that's it. I really love that idea of putting a mound of stuffing in the hollow of the butternut squash. That's very creative. Thank you. I try. I would suggest, so having the butternut squash or acorn, if you want lengthwise, right? Mm -hmm. Scoop out all the gunk, rub it with butter or olive oil, 
flip it cut side down in the roasting pan so it gets that real caramelized texture on the bottom. And then when it's tender, after about an hour or so in the oven, we've got recipes on the site. And let it cool a little to room temperature. Flip it up. And then just like David said, put some stuffing on top. There's your centerpiece. And what about a main course in the sense of something that's more of a showstopper? What would you suggest? Wow. Okay. So a couple of options. I'm not going to recommend a tofurkey. No. No, no, no. I'm going to go for something that's show-stopping in its own right, not for trying to pretend to be something that it's not. Good. We've got this amazing recipe for portobello mushroom and spinach wellingtons on our website. Oh, that's right, yes. Which are really nice. Now, granted, not traditional to Thanksgiving, but they're so amazing, right? Pastry enclosed portobellos with sautéed spinach. There's some miso in there for added flavor and complexity, Super simple. You could actually make these on a Tuesday night. It's not going to throw you off your game in the kitchen that morning. We also have a recipe for this gorgeous jewel-toned autumnal salad with grains and roasted squash. It's got some flecks of green from, I believe, herbs. There may be some radicchio in there. Toss in some pomegranate seeds, both for crunch and for that garnet color. Again, anything that's just really festive. doesn't have to be familiar as long as you already have some of those other old comfort foods on the table as well. Well, you know, as a non-vegetarian, all of that's lovely, but I was thinking a lovely pumpkin lasagna. Ah, and why were you thinking pumpkin lasagna? Because it's wonderful, it's rich, it's savory, and it's very sating. And I think to me that's more of a show-stopping centerpiece than a salad or something like that. But that's, that's just fair. me. That's just me. But something like that. And you have the pumpkin flavors, the autumnal flavors with some spices. You can even throw some other vegetables in there and it can be really lovely. Yeah, that's fair. You're absolutely right. That is going to be a lot more satiating. Although I think mm. my ideas are going to be a little bit more helpful if you have some vegans at yeah, the table. that's true. Yeah. Very good point. Very good point. Adam, thanks for asking those questions for our readers. We want to thank our readers very much for calling in and mm -hmm. writing in this year. We want to wish all of you a really happy, lovely, and most of all, safe Thanksgiving. Yeah. Renee and Adam, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, David. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. This podcast is produced by Overt Studios, and our producer is someone we're very thankful for, Adam Claremont. You can reach Adam and Overt Studios at overtstudios.com. And remember to subscribe to Talking With My Mouthful wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you hear and want to support us, consider leaving a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to leave Renee and me a recorded question or even a compliment, we love compliments, visit our podcast page at leit.es forward slash chat. Press and talk away and maybe you'll be featured on the show. Ciao. Ciao. Everybody says don't. Everybody says don't. Everybody says don't walk on the grass. Makes you want to do it all the more. It's like not supposed to laugh in church and then you can't not crack up. My father kicked my mother and I out of church one time. We laughed <gasps> so hard that he kicked us out of church. <laughs> he made us wait in the car. <laughs>